0: Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash Hour of Devastation. I pledge to start from as little as $1. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm
1: doing good. I'm
0: doing very good. Good. It's the best time of year. Yeah? Why is that?
1: It's just objectively the best time of year. It's October, it's autumn. It's cold outside. It is there uh, the
0: abandon-restricted announcement today. That's always a good time of year.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, that happens all the time.
0: That is true. Well, not maybe not as often as it should.
1: True, but it's not as exciting as the autumn. That is true. There's, you know, leaves everywhere, it's cold, there's pumpkin spice lattes everywhere. I'm yeah. not s- sweating all hours of the day because it's too warm. <laughs> it's it's been great. The other day it was like two degrees. It's like Ooh, my perfect. Nice. Like my perfect weather. Get to put some sweaters on.
0: Whew. Yeah, I am. I am currently wearing a sweater, so it's uh, it's great. Right, can confirm that it's definitely definitely getting to those cold temperatures.
1: Yeah, get a woolly hat on. Oh, it's been beautiful. Yeah. So that's Germany. Why I'm in a good mood.
0: Sweet, good.
1: Though I did unfortunately spend the weekend in London. Mm. Which is an absolute hellscape.
0: Strong agree, definitely. <laughs> I think London's one of those places that's like really cool to visit, but I just couldn't imagine myself living there or staying there for more than like a week.
1: Oh, mate, it's not even cool to visit. Like, I just we we as soon as we got off the, so we got into Euston and then we got straight on the tube to go meet some friends for dinner. Yeah, and as soon as we got off the tube, we were like, "This is awful." There's just people everywhere, and everyone's bumping into each other, and it's just so hectic. And there's like traffic everywhere, and it's just horrible. And there's just so much going on. Um, and then we went for dinner. It was really nice. We went to Pur- uh, Pureza, which yeah. is like a, a vegan pizza place. They do like loads of stuff without like any allergens and stuff. And they do really, really good gluten-free pizza. So that was really nice. Um, and had a really nice time. And then as soon as we left as well, it was like, you know, like 9 o'clock-ish in the evening. Yeah. And it was a Saturday night. And everyone was just completely wasted. And just like <laughs> yeah running around the streets and bumping into us and shouting and it's just awful and then
0: yeah it sounds it. Like...
1: yeah we stayed there over the night and then on the sunday we went around like shopping and stuff around um like oxford circus
0: yeah
1: oh, I, it's just a nightmare how do people live there
0: <laughs> i don't know i really don't know i mean it's so awful yeah i i've definitely had some good times in london but not for an extended period of time no way
1: no, absolutely not. So, you know, it was nice. It was nice to see friends. It was nice to hang out with my partner and stuff and eat some nice food. But other than that, it was just a very pleasant experience. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but it wasn't hot, so that's something, right?
0: Good, yeah. you got to take those positives where you can.
1: Absolutely. Uh, in terms of Magic, I have played a lot of Commander this week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that's your response. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's been good fun. I've managed to play all my decks at least twice over the last week. So it's been good fun. I've made some my uh, updates for with Throne of Eldraine cards.
0: Cool. Anything interesting in making the cut? Uh, Cleave. Oh, okay.
1: That's a goddamn card. Yeah. Uh, if you put that on an ill and then cast an extra combat step,
0: yeah, that seems good <laughs>
1: someone someone definitely dies. <laughs> uh, the Great Henge is obnoxious as expected.
0: Yeah, uh, I haven't played against it in commander obviously, but I played against it in standard quite a fair bit and it is definitely a card.
1: Yeah, it's really, really good. Um <laughs> it's it's very, very stupid. The fact that you just pretty much immediately recoup the mana and you gain life. And then, you know, stuff like Guardian Project and Beast Whisperer have already been have already sort of cemented themselves as commander staples. Yeah. So to also get a plus one plus one counter <laughs> and it taps for mana. It's it's very it's a very silly card. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Just it's just been good fun. I just I like made some like sort of minor updates, nothing too crazy. But those are, those are the two main big cards that I've added to decks, and they've been really good fun.
0: Cool. Yeah, it's been good fun.
1: Uh, I also played modern.
0: Yeah, how was that?
1: Very bad. Oh, it's very bad. I played infect. What happened? So yeah, I was I, <laughs> I was playing infect, and I was like, oh, I want to play this deck. Again. I haven't played it in a while. I know it's not kind of great in modern right now, but I want to play it. And I was like, okay so I think Once Upon a Time will probably be really good in Infect yeah because cantrips have been sort of borderline playable in Infect for a while Some stuff like Serum Visions has been kind of like nearly there but the fact that Once Upon a Time is, you know, it, you look at five cards and can choose a creature or land but it's also instant speed and the first one you get to cast for free and it's the kind of thing you can cast if you don't need to hold up pump spells I thought, oh this will work and there was a 5-0 list from the, the deck dump. It was a Boggles list yeah. that went 5-0, that was paying four copies of Once Upon a Time. And Boggles has the same amount of relevant hits for Once Upon a Time as Infect does, right?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: So Boggles has 12 creatures it wants to hit. Infect has eight creatures and four lands it wants to hit. So it's about the same hit ratio. Seems okay. I mean, it was fine, but I barely got to cast it because I went 0-3 and then
0: dropped. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just was no fun. I nearly beat Jund and then didn't be jummed yeah and then that'll happen yeah it really will so that sucked uh and then i honestly can't remember the next games because they were so miserable no no yeah so that's when i played some edh afterwards instead because that sounded like a much better use of my time
0: yeah that's fair enough
1: much more enjoyable time um yeah it's been it's been an okay week how has your week been
0: uh, yeah, my week's been been mostly fine. Um, I've been playing a fair bit of Arena. Uh, I'm, I think I've mostly been really enjoying New Standard. Uh, I've been playing uh, Esper Stacks, because of course I am.
1: Yep, obviously.
0: And it's, I don't know, I feel like when I started playing the deck, it was very good, and now it just feels very, very bad. I think yep. I'm sort of experiencing firsthand just how fast the meta game moves on Arena, and it's it's kind of ridiculous. Um, so I, I put the deck together pretty much like the day after Brian Gottlieb won the uh, the Phantom Legends tournament with it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and had some success, um, like a fairly decent amount of success just playing on the ladder with it. And it's a deck that I think very quickly I figured out how to play, and it, it plays very much into my style of play, and it really it really saw a lot of success from people just not understanding how the deck plays or not understanding how to play against it. But I think that's like, that's old news now and the meta shifted so fast and it's gone in a completely different direction to what it had done. I think more and more often I'm just running up against like decks, which feel like really bad matchups, specifically like the Golos, like field of the dead deck just seems to be everywhere at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think that's just the best deck in the format, right? I think that's the
0: consensus. Uh, probably, I I don't know, I don't know if it's like the the best best deck in the format, but it's certainly the most represented deck in the format, and I think when that kind of deck is is widely or as widely represented as it is currently, I think it's just becomes like the correct deck to play.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I've seen some pretty stupid board states over the weekend yeah. between the um, the the Magic Arena event where you got to win every card.
0: Yeah, that was an experience.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> uh, between that and and uh, SCG Philly, yeah, seeing some really stupid board states with you know roughly twenty zombie tokens in play and yeah. all that nonsense going on. But yeah, that deck seems. I don't know if problematic is the right word, but it's going to. Take some beating, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's not unbeatable though. As I did, I did find out. Um, in that that standard win, win every card in standard event that they, they had on Magic Arena.
1: Whoa! Did you win every card in standard?
0: I didn't. I uh, wow. I went O two in that. That was fun.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. So I played uh, Brad Nelson's um, goalless list from. Mm. The last Fandom Legends tournament, uh, it came second with. Uh, I think it's a fantastic list. is kind of probably the best version to be playing at the moment. I think. I mean, by the time this goes out, it's probably changed, and you should be playing something totally different. But at the time of recording, I think I think it was the best list to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I jumped into that event with that list, uh, and my first opponent was playing the the combo with the the cat and the the witch's oven, like Cauldron familiar and witch's oven, where you sacrifice the cat to the witch's oven and it makes a food and then you sacrifice the food and the cat comes back from the graveyard and drains you for one and your opponent gains one. Yeah, it's it's not a good combo. It's not a good deck. Uh, But sometimes they just have like the hand that you can't beat. So I kept like what I thought was like a reasonable hand and they went like turn one, play the cat, drain you for one. Uh, my turn one, I played a land to pass the turn. And their turn two, they played a land and played two witches ovens. And once you've got two ovens and one cat, it's it's very difficult to come back for some decks. And I just I just think my hand, the hand that I kept wasn't quite good enough. Plus at the time, I also didn't realise that it was a best of one event. I thought it would be best of three.
1: Yeah, I think the problem with best of three is if you have to get to what is it twelve wins.
0: Twelve wins. Yeah, yeah, that
1: would just take like all weekend to do if it was best of three.
0: It's on for three days, though. Or at least it was on for three two days. Two days,
1: no? Fifth to the sixth, no?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, two days then. Yeah, but still, it's it's plenty, plenty of time.
1: Plenty of time if you have no life. <laughs> and want to just yeah. grind <laughs> the Magic Arena.
0: Sure. Uh, so, yeah. So, the, the second game I played, uh, I played against the, the mono-black deck. So, I was on the draw again. Uh, and they played a, a duress on turn one. Uh they took my circuitous route. Uh and then on their on my turn one I just played a land, their turn two they played a Lurker, and then their turn three they played a Fen Lurker, and then their turn four they played a Fen Lurker again, and they just like it just took my hand apart turn by turn, I couldn't come back from it. So I think I got very unlucky. Um but such are these things.
1: Would you describe Lurker as a playable standard card?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. At the moment, it's very good. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, that sounds like a not-very-fun experience for you.
0: Uh, it wasn't really, but it was fine, because, I don't know, I mean, I've already got the deck that I want to play in standard, mostly on Arena, so I'm, I'm probably just playing what I'm playing at the moment. So I think it would be a lot worse if I'd had, like, I don't know, if, like, most or like all of my deck had rotated out and I had to build, like, a new deck and I didn't have enough wild cards or, or gold or gems or whatever to, to craft what I needed or if I was like just playing Arena for the first time, I think it would feel a lot worse then but it is what it is, I'm happy to accept my losses
1: You mean like the situation I'm in?
0: Yeah All right. <laughs> Yeah.
1: I haven't crafted any cards since War of the Spark <laughs> and I just have nothing on my account now essentially
0: Oh No yeah, so I'd be I'd be saving up my, my rare wild cards and I very quickly cashed them in on um, dancing the monsters and doom for tolls and <laughs> that's probably just a huge mistake now. I mean possibly, but But I'm I'm a As long
1: as you get the placement you enjoy, I mean Yeah. I don't think I mean you're not trying to grind for the uh the invitational or anything like that, are you?
0: I'm trying to get Mythic this this month, definitely. So
1: Mythic's your goal. So sure, that's fine. I mean you can do that. Hopefully, yeah, but you've not like wasted cards when you're actually trying to make a, a good go at the making the top thousand yeah that's fine yeah i just yeah i, I
0: think
1: i fine. find it i just found it so easy to fall off the arena train yeah it's just it's just happened because like i missed out for a couple of weeks and then i couldn't keep up with the deck like the decks that were good and then i'd already invested wild cards into like the uh simic nexus deck and then there was the, yeah. just, like the simic nissa deck That I also had the cards for, and then just didn't play that for a while, and that was the last time I got onto it because it wasn't that deck wasn't doing too well, and I kind of got bored of it. And then obviously rotations happened, and I just have no cards, and I didn't have any wild, rare rare wild cards because I, you know, used them all. Yeah, I'm building that deck. It's difficult.
0: Oh well, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how easy it'll be to jump back into it now because I don't like. You could probably put together like a like, a reasonable red deck, but I just I don't think in, like, the current standard meta, like, there is much space for aggro decks.
1: I think I just need to craft four Okos and just see where I go from there.
0: Probably. Because
1: I'm, like, obviously, Probably. like, a bottom of the bottom tier, right? Like, I'm a, like a bronze four. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be able to grind through some newer players?
0: Possibly? We'll see. Or, like, play, play, play limited. Play, play lots of limited is my other suggestion, I guess, really.
1: I think that's the best thing to do is just play as limited, open the cards I need and earn gems that way, I think yeah,
0: so yeah, have you been keeping up with with standard format much at all?
1: I've been trying my best. I mean, I am the co-host of a match at the Gathering podcast, so
0: so what what do you what do you think of this this whole goal of situation, this field of the dead situation?
1: I mean, I did just describe it as probably the best deck in the format, yeah it seems very difficult to interact with yeah the mirror makes for miserable viewing
0: yeah absolutely
1: it seems kind of a problem honestly i'm not sure it's great for the format
0: i don't think it's good for the format and i i I definitely think it's a problem um so obviously we had the band and restriction announcement today and nothing was banned nothing was restricted in any format nothing had changed but there is there is already quite a lot of talk from, you know, the vocal competitive magic community, who are mostly unhappy about the way that standard is at the moment. And it's like it just feels kind of wild to say that, given that we've had like three, four, four at the most days of standard. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it just feels like the format is pretty much pretty much figured out. A field of the dead is just it just feels like such a feel bad card.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the problem when you have, like, Arena and Magic Online and the ability to buy, buy products so quickly. Like, people just get, the formats get figured out. So, I mean, we've only technically had this standard for four days or whatever is whatever it is at the time of recording, but we've actually had it for, like, yeah. two weeks, three weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Between, like, it being legal on Arena and Magic Online and the, the fandom tournaments and, like, the early access streaming event, and the event over the weekend where a lot of magic was played and the SCG this weekend, like this it's just so much magic's been played with this format already that it's not hard to believe that it's already been solved. Yeah. Or that there's very little work to do to solve it.
0: Yeah, I feel like so I feel like the past couple of months really like that's that's been the case with standard formats, like they've been sort of changing like week to week. Or like kind of fortnight to fortnight. I feel like things have been moving at kind of like a like a reasonable pace, but like now it just feels like so week one, like you you better have been playing Esper Stacks and then like two days later, like it was all about Oko. I feel like my my feelings about Oko have changed somewhat from like from last week when we recorded about how much we hate Oko and how like broken and busted it is. Like I I definitely think that is still the case, but don't think it's the, the biggest problem in standard currently.
1: So your opinions have massively changed since we devoted roughly 25 minutes of a podcast saying how that card should be banned.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't think they've changed that much but I, I don't think it is currently the most problematic card in standard.
1: Yeah, I would probably agree. It just it, This is the problem with the, the format, you can never get a handle on what's what's too good or what is very good to be playing. Yeah, Because it's just so cyclical. And I'm sure Oko will again be a problem at some point and the Esper... I'm not calling it Stack's deck. The Emperor, Esper Dance deck will probably be very good again at a certain point in the format. And Mono Red will probably be good at some point, but like it just changes so quickly that it's just not reasonable.
0: To yeah, track off, you know? uh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I i just do think Field of the Dead is, is definitely a problem. Um, it's, it's that, that, that deck's just taking up such a large percentage of the meta and its that card specifically just doesn't doesn't really have like a clean answer
1: yeah it doesn't there's no ghost quarter or field of ruin or anything like that
0: yeah like obviously like field of ruin would have been great against it it's like blood sun that's gone mm-hmm. there's it it just kind of feels like there's nothing like you're seeing like like the Jund adventure decks like sideboard like just bad cards like four mana destroy target land scry two cards
1: yeah, those cards that are just unplay- normally unplayable in literally every format. Yeah, but we have to play them because Field of the Dead is such a stupid card.
0: Yeah. So we're seeing not there. So I've started running uh, a main board uh, on ego in Esper stacks just to get rid of it as well. Oof. I feel like that's the only card that I can deal with it in Esper. Like, sure, Agent of Treachery, if we get there, but we're probably not getting there. Yeah, you're right uh i don't know i just feel like there's there's no there's no clean answer to it there's no good answer to it and it just it just plays on on like an angle that like none of the other decks in the format do like so when you get like like typically if you get like late game and you're both top decking like in any other deck like if you draw a land that's terrible and you've probably lost the game if you just top deck a land in the field of the dead like at, the very worst, like you're probably going to make a a two two zombie. Yeah, that's the, At the thing. best. You're going to make like, you know, four two two zombies. Yeah, it it, you know, it removes dead draws. Like dead draws just aren't a thing anymore because you have got land. And then if you if you happen to have a goal loss so out as well, you can activate him and make loads more zombies.
1: Yeah, you can. It's I don't know. We'll have to see, Because maybe next week we'll be saying, "Oh, this other deck's far too good for the format. We need to be thinking about that."
0: It yeah. just feels
1: like, I mean, you know, certain decks get a lot more press than others. I think.
0: Yeah, for sure,
1: it's kind of a problem.
0: It probably is too early to to say that. Oh, we should ban this, but I I don't know. My there. So there were like there are definitely ways to beat it. Like there are definitely decks that will beat it. Like the blue green food deck can beat it. Like you just play questing beast a turn three cresting beast seems great Questing beast doesn't care about zombies because zombies can't block it so that's definitely a thing you can do but then that shifts the problem back to like oh oko oko is too good so i i don't know i really don't know um what i would like to see i don't i don't think it'll ever happen but i personally i would love to see more restrictions i think restrictions in formats of the vintage would be would be very very healthy for the game i think uh, particularly in standard I think if there were restrict Field of the Dead it would be a lot it would be a lot worse than it is, but you could still play it.
1: I don't think you would at that point.
0: I I don't know. I think I think you might still play it.
1: I think you should start right ban it if you're gonna get rid of it like in that in that way.
0: Because
1: restrictions yeah. feel bad for players because I don't know, especially standard like you get new players coming to the format that like they want to play this format with all their cards and then they want to play this card, but you can only play one of them. Oh, why can I only play one of them? Can I play, can I only play one of the cards? Well, no, you can play four of all the other cards, but you can play one of this card. And you know, there's all that conversation to be had. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's not that far from banning, I suppose.
0: Yeah. I think it's better than banning because then like, at least you can still play with it. And I, well, I don't know if it justifies a ban yet, but I, I, I don't know. I, I I think I would just love to see some sort of system where cards get restricted before they're banned. So like you restrict a card and see how that how that changes things and if things are still bad while the cards are restricted, then yeah sure, then ban it. But I don't know. It's just me living in like the what what would I do if I was Matt Tabak for the for the day?
1: Sure. I just I don't think there's any card that you could restrict where it wouldn't just be essentially the same as banning it, I think is my is my feeling on it. Sure. Where it's just... It's essentially banned because you can only play one. Because when cards are restricted in Vintage, you have Ancestral Recall and you have all the cantrips and you have ways of digging through your deck and finding it. Yeah. Whereas in Standard, you're sort of just at the mercy of drawing it. And, like, obviously, Golos can shoot go it for it.
0: I mean, in Standard, at the moment, there are plenty of tutors.
1: Yeah, for, like... Field of the Dead specifically, I guess. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I want to see just how the meta game shifts and moves on, because it seems like every week there's a new. I mean, twice a week it seems like there's a new deck to be worried about in the format. Yeah, it seems sure. too good. So sure. we we'll have to see what that what that deck is next week.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it it could well it could well just change, and it could just be the case that we we live in this just constantly changing environment where we have a handful of best decks that just are on rotation week after week after week and you just kind of have to hope that you're playing the right deck that weekend or whatever but i don't know like field of the dead just feels like like so bad for some decks because you just don't have any ways to interact with it like meaningfully and you just even some of the like some of the the ways of dealing with it like Assassin's Trophy just feel bad because then they get a land and they make more zombies and uh, I don't know it's 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 certainly the the card that I hope is being watched by Wizards of the Coast currently
1: I'm sure it is I'm, I'm sure it's on their radar I hope so something else will take its place at some point but at least you can get all the cards from the Golos deck in booster packs right? <laughs>
0: so that's not strictly true <laughs> yeah so that's the the other thing that we're seeing is kind of like the the mirror breaker is um, at Kenrith the Returned King is seeing some play uh, to break the mirror matches
1: cool and how do you get a, a Kenrith the Returned King
0: so you can get a Kenrith the Returned King uh, from buying a full box of uh, Throne of Eldrain. so if you buy a full booster box you'll get one of them as a promo Or you can buy a collector's booster and hope to open a non-foil version in there. Or you can buy that $450 box and there's one in there.
1: (laughs) Just as an aside
0: before we actually talk about this as a topic. Sure.
1: The fact that two of the things you get in that deluxe collector's edition box you can just get outside of it for much less than $449.99. That's hilarious to me.
0: Oh, there's there's only one exclusive (laughs) thing inside that box.
1: And it's the binder.
0: Oh, I guess there's two, Yes, there's, there's the arena, yeah, it's the binder and the arena sleeves.
1: Oh, great, arena sleeves. Yeah. What a great use of your money. Yeah, because you can get the Garrick print separately, and you can get Kemrith separately.
0: And you can get the full art garrick separately, and you can get, like, you can get part of a sheet, if if you want to buy a full sheet and then cut it up, then you can do that.
1: And cut a third of it out. Yeah, oh, not, not a yeah. third of it, you can cut a three by three square out, sure, yeah, that's fine, if that's what you want. I also find it funny that you can so you get this product and you get a non foil Camritha Return King as you're like a yeah. part of the you know, the collection, and then you open your collector boosters and open another one because you can do it in there. Yeah. So it's not exclusive to the thing at all. It's nice to see a, a non foil version of a car be more expensive than a foil version. Yeah. Because the BioBox promo, which is foil, is more readily available than the collector version, which isn't foil.
0: Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? uh, It just feels like Nexus of Fate all over again for so many reasons. It really does. It's this, you know, quote-unquote exclusive card Mm -hmm. that is not available in the set. And then, obviously, they're foil. So if that's the only foil card in your deck, that's going to be a problem. Yep. We we saw that with Nexus of Fate. Like, that was a problem. Uh, Nexus of Fate had to be proxied uh, in many, many tournaments because it was just like you could you could hand your, hand your deck over to a judge and they were able to cut to the next of the face just because it was the only foil on the deck or it was slightly warped because it was a foil and they don't know how to make foils that don't warp, apparently. Apparently not. However, with this one, this one is slightly different uh, because of the current rules policy, because a non-foil version of the card exists. Uh, the foil version just it can't be proxied under the current tournament rules. Like, the card has to be replaced by a non-foil version of the card. If it can't be replaced by a non-foil version of the card, then it has to be replaced by a basic land. Just a basic land. Yep, just a basic land. Not not a basic land with a bit of Sharpion to represent the card. Nope. Just a basic land.
1: Yep. That's all you get to put in your deck. So, uh, this is bad for so many reasons, because obviously, like you said, the Nexus of Fate thing was not good, for a multitude of reasons. The fact that there's a premium on the non-foil card because it's one that will actually probably be more legal in tournament play. The fact that if you get... So, it's kind of cool that the bar box Promo is a playable card. I kind of like that sometimes. When it's like, oh, you buy a box and you get rewarded with this playable card that you'll be able to use, but then you can't use it because it's a foil and it, it will be a marked card in your deck. Like, that feels very bad. Yeah. And then just the fact that you can't get it in a booster pack. Like, you have to open a different product in order to get this card, you can't just get it out of the actual pack. I just It just feels terrible, and I don't... It just feels like they've done Nexus of Fate all over again, and it felt like they kind of learned their lesson, and since Nexus of Fate had printed relatively crap wire box promo cards that they yeah. knew weren't going to see any standard play, so it didn't really matter that much, and you could play them in casual formats, you could play them in Commander or Brawl, I guess. And now yeah, they've yeah. just given us one that... I, I mean... Maybe they didn't think it would be standard playable because it didn't. I certainly didn't think. Oh, look at that! That's a standard playable card.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. So I, I kind of did. When I looked at it and was like, "Okay, maybe this will this will see some sort of play." But like in six months' time, when we have like Echoria and they're going to be huge creatures, we're put into the graveyard, and we're using Kenrith as just unburial burial rights. Sure, and then you can give them haste. Yep, I did not think for one second that Kenrith would be seeing play. In week one standard, and it's going to be the the first ability that giving all of your creatures haste and trample to land turn. That that is the one that puts it over the edge. Also, it turns out like paying three mana to gain five life is just good in this format.
1: Yep, just does enough. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not it's not great that this is a very. It's not good at
0: all. It's 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 really frustrating. Like just the whole. Back to the whole idea again of just these these cards, which are meant to be exclusive, which are designed, they're designed to be pushed in a certain direction, or we have like some sort of specific design in mind that's meant to be good or playable elsewhere, but not in standard or not necessarily good in standard. And yet here we are, we're seeing it, you know, pop up in multiple decks. It's it's not great.
1: Because at least with Nexus,
0: you could proxy it.
1: And they yep. could be like, oh, we made a mistake. But now they're releasing the non-foil version of a card, but it's not—it's—it's it's less possible to get the non-foil version of a card than it is to get the foil version of a card, which then puts a premium on the price of the non-foil, which is already a premium price anyway, because you can only get it as a buy box promo. No, you, so you can only get it from collector boosters. Or from the heinously expensive, aforementioned deluxe collectors, whatever <laughs> edition. So that puts an even bigger premium on it. It then means they're, they're less in a room if people are trying to scrabble them to get them for a tournament. And it just means people get gouged on the price of cards that they shouldn't be. Yeah. And it just it just feels incredibly bad. Like they, they didn't learn from the lesson by making a Blabox Promo a playable card. And they certainly have a new lesson to learn in not printing <laughs> special versions of cards you can only get that are the only ones that are playable. It's a very weird situation to be in for a card.
0: It is definitely. It's it's very strange. I don't think I like it at all.
1: No. I and mean, then we have a similar problem with the cards on the Brawl decks, right?
0: yeah we're seeing some of the some of the brawl cards specifically the brawl commanders are being played
1: yep uh shimmer dragon i believe
0: yeah yeah shimmer dragon it's not a card that i've seen or played against myself personally but i've definitely seen some some lists that i've been playing it uh it's i mean just the fact that any of the cards are seen play when they're just mostly unavailable is is a big problem yeah,
1: so I mean we can move this very swift, like very cleverly on to a dis- general discussion about the Brawl decks if you like.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: But before we get there, the fact that Corvald, Alela, and Shulane are all seeing play in standard in some respect yeah. means they're commanding such a premium. And maybe they command that premium if they're in booster packs. But it just means like I've seen people buy the Brawl decks and then um, like immediately sell the commander to someone for more than half the price of the Brawl deck.
0: Yeah.
1: And obviously we'll address the pricing of the Brawl deck in a minute. But the fact that you're just doing that to, to appease standard players and then you have a Brawl deck that doesn't have a Commander. And then, the, like, I mean, also the Commanders are only in foil, obviously. So that's problematic in the same way the Nexus of Fate was. So we might have to proxy those cards. I did think this when I saw, like, Tulane, I was like, okay, I can understand this is designed as a Commander like brawl style card yeah but it looks a bit powerful it looks a yeah, bit pushed for, sure. for its abilities um and it's like like it's low it's relatively low mana cost yeah and corvill Cor- corvold and um Alela are the same way because allayla sort of functions in the same way as like cymas did. yeah and Corvald is just like mad value i guess
0: yeah definitely it's it's, it's certainly playable uh whenever you sacrifice a permanent put a plus one plus one counter on it and draw a card that works great in decks that are playing Witcher's oven that sacrifice thing is constantly uh, be that creatures to the Witcher's oven or the food tokens to get the creatures back Kobold just gets very big very fast and draws you loads of cards
1: mm-hmm. now i was lucky enough to be able to actually purchase a cobalt deck oh nice and i bought it only because i want an arcane signet
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is bad. That's, that's certainly um, a card. <laughs>
1: yeah, but people like people are buying the brawl decks just to get the arcane signet because they're selling yeah. them for like 10 of 12 pounds, which is ridiculous when the general price uh, the general price of the brawl is all over the place, but generally it's between 20 and 25 pounds is where you can generally get them for. But they were sold out on every retailer online. Somehow my LGS had some, but I didn't get them from there cuz like oh they'll be sold out. So I managed to get one from Magic Madhouse. Nice. At an actual reasonable price. But I paid, what, £22 for the Brawl deck? Yeah. And I then have like a, a £10 Arcane Signet and uh, like, I think an 8 or £9 Corvold. And then however much a Stomping Ground's worth, because they've all got a Shockland in them. So there's some more value you can get if you just want to open the deck. And I was like, oh, maybe some of the other cards will be playable I can put them in my Commander deck. Not really. <laughs> I'm looking through the cards now and they're not that like, great. Yeah. These decks don't have any value. I mean they seem cool, but like, I'm never gonna play this as a brawl deck because I, I have not enjoyed the Brawl format. But you get like some exclusive some Brawl exclusive cards, which is just strange anyway, and some of them happen to be playable in standard, so that's not great. Then you get some what are essentially bulk rares, a temple, a shock land, and an arcane signet. Yeah. So if people are just buying them to strip for value, which then means they're less available for potential people that might want to actually play Brawl. Because I mean I've bought that and now someone can't buy it to play brawl. Yeah, I well, definitely. that's bad. I I'm part of the problem in that situation, but I thought I'd probably, I'd rather pay more money for the Brawl deck than sell the cards and keep the Arcane Signet and would have spent less than I would have done if I just straight out bought the Signet. Yeah. And I mean, I technically need four Signets in total because <laughs> I want one for each each commander deck I own. Um, but I've got one at the moment. Just putting card, like, the combination of putting standard playable cards in these decks, that you, like, in decks that you can only Buy as pre-constructed decks, and then also putting uh, a commander card that is the most ridiculous commander card they've printed recently, that everyone yeah. needs at least one copy of. I guess the combination of things, those two, those two things, plus the fact that it's a limited print run, and they're now having to like and there's a
0: shock land in every deck,
1: and there's a shock land right, and then some of them have like other cards that were re- re- like relatively worth something, like there's a smothering tithe in one of them, and. Like I said, some of the yeah. exclusive cards are worth money as well. Plus the fact that they're hastily putting through another printing of them because they didn't think that they'd run out. Stores don't have many anyway. I've, there's people in America who haven't been able to find them at all, or some of them have found them at a, like, ridiculously high prices, or they find them in Walmart for like $20, so they buy yeah. them all. And I'm not here to pass judgment on whether you should go to some more cheap and buy them all and sell them for value. If that's what you want to do, fine. But it's a choice that Wizards have made, and there must have been someone there that knew this kind of thing would happen. That, there would be, that they need to print a lot of them because the demand for them will be high from different facets of the community. Yeah, Which now means that people that just want to b- pick up a Brawl deck or might go to the OGS and be like, oh, that looks fun, I'll buy that and play that, don't have access to it anymore because other people have bought them all for other reasons. It's just a whole mess of like loads of different factors that have come together to make what should have been a perfectly fine product a really bad product all in all, which is a real shame.
0: It's not, necessarily, it's not necessarily all in all, though, is it? Because then they can turn around at your shareholders meeting and say, "Oh, look, the Brawl deck's sold out everywhere. Brawl is very popular. We'll keep making these products because they're great and they sell well. People love these products."
1: This is the thing because if they change one thing about them, they won't be. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to point out that you don't get any tokens in there.
0: So that yeah, really yeah, that seems really odd.
1: Yeah, because you get like the so in this in 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 the the John Corvald one. You get a Dreadhold Invasion, so you need a mass token. Yeah. You obviously, you get old oh, drain cards where you need food. You get—I can't remember what the name of the card is—but it makes three rat tokens.
0: Yeah,
1: and you don't get any tokens.
0: Yeah, um, so that's annoying. You've got obviously the the Esper Fairy one, where the fairy makes one one fairy creature tokens. Mm-hmm. You don't get any fairies in there.
1: Of course you don't. Why would you?
0: Do they all? Do they all make tokens? What, no, maybe? I guess Covol doesn't make a token, but there's there are there are I mean, you have got Cranko. Cranko makes goblins.
1: Yep, you've got so uh, which makes an afterlife token.
0: Yeah, you got Dragon which that makes. That's rap- the ones. Yeah.
1: A, uh, Rapacious Dragon, which makes treasure. Sure. It's silly. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, like they all. It looks like all of the decks have at least one card that makes a token, so you'd you'd assume they would put like a token in there. Yep. In each of them.
1: Yeah, you also have Angrath in this one that, that amasses, so you need the, the yeah. army token. You do get a terrible cardboard spin down life count, though. Oh, nice. Um, that's really bad. Um, oh, speaking of the f- just, I wanted to go on a side note. The fact that you said um, all these commanders make a token, they don't. But three out of the four of these four commanders draw a card. And yeah. that seems like a real thing that they've been pushing for with commanders, like legendary creatures specifically recently, whether that's in a standard set or in commander products or brawl products. All the commanders just draw a card and it's really boring.
0: But drawing cards is the best thing to do in Magic. Is it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but like, that's not you're just homogenizing the format then, because everyone's commander their payoff is drawing cards, and you don't get fun stuff like attacking people, or like making tokens, or like having synergies with artifacts, or like bringing stuff back from the graveyard. You just have okay. like, oh well this when I do when I do anything that this deck wants to do, I draw a card, because Corval draws a card. Uh so Gwen Sir Gwyn draws a card. Chulain draws cards. Yeah. Um and then you like all the ones we've had in the last few sets, like Omnath draws cards, Golos essentially draws cards. Yeah all the commanders like from the commander 2019 one they pretty much all draw cards in some respect right we mean you had gear ed that just like made a token and then populates tokens so that's card advantage but in an interesting and like specific way so that's nice whereas anyone's just card. anyway i think their design and commanders is just getting kind of boring and samey and i just wanted to find somewhere to put that in because it's been something that's been playing on my mind sure if you change anything about the product so if you stop putting standard playable rares in them They'll sell less if you don't put something like arcane signet in them. They'll sell less. Yeah. The people that are buying them are either buying them for those reasons, and then there's probably like ten percent of people that are actually just buying them to play them.
0: If that, if that, I do think the vast majority of people, like, probably more than ninety percent of people, are buying them for for commander cards.
1: Or for standard cards.
0: Yeah. Even then, I don't think standard players are buying the decks. I think standard players are just buying the singles they need from you know TCG player magic card market.
1: No, but I think it's actually, assuming you can find the deck at £25, I think it's more cost-effective to buy the Alayla deck at £25, keep the Alayla, sell the Arcane Signet and the whatever Shockland's in there, and maybe, like, the Shimmer Dragon, which is in there, and you'll probably make more money than, like, spending, I think it's like £10 for an Alayla by itself? Uh,
0: it's just like 6 euros.
1: Alright, sure. But, I mean, that's certainly part of it, what's happening. Like, the people that are buying them aren't the people that just want to play the decks as they are. Yeah, yeah. So if they take those two things away, like the arcane Signet, the commander playable cards, and the standard playable cards, then they're not going to sell anymore. Nope. They've tried something. They've tried a lot of things with this set.
0: Yeah, they have. Some of them
1: have not gone well. I think they, like some of them were just poorly executed when they 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 probably had very good intentions behind them.
0: Yeah. It's a shame. So they they have to they have to sell products at the end of the day, and yeah, of course they do. At, I don't know. I don't know if there would be any way to do the Brawl decks and still have them sell. And I don't know if if they could do anything more or less to those sort of special deluxe editions and have them keep selling. But, I mean, that one from last week sold out in, like, like two hours. It was completely sold out. We don't know how many of them there were. We don't know how many of them are sold. But they sold out at $450. So that instantly makes me think, like the next one for theros there's gonna be one and that's gonna be 500 dollars, like at least and that'll sell out as well yeah
1: because they they know that there's a market for that kind of stuff because there's always a market for collectibles and a lot of people value having collectibles more than they value money or maybe they just have enough money where that isn't an issue to spend 500 dollars or whatever it is on some kind of collectible product yeah and you know you can't blame those people if they want to spend their money on that sure that's fine if that makes them happy but from a point of view of like Wizards of the Coast just churning out random crap products, doesn't feel great. They sell out because of their exclusivity. Whether they're useful, like whether they're actually good or not, or whether they're actually worth the money or not. And we said it last week or the week before about like people—they're preying on people panicking and and yeah. worrying about missing out on these things. That's 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 what it is. Yeah. Like people will sit queue in queue and there and spend. It's really
0: depressing, to be honest.
1: It's how capitalism and consumerism work. <laughs> You market this thing aggressively at people. You market this thing aggressively at people that, that can't afford it so that they feel like they're missing out when they don't get it, so they have to get it. Yeah. Even if they can't afford it or they don't need it or they don't even want it, they feel like they want it because it's how it's marketed at them. Yeah. And that's been a thing with Magic generally as it goes, but this is just a just a huge version of that, essentially.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, like I said the other week, it's it very much just feels like they're seeing this exact same thing happen in the video games industry and they're going oh hey we can do that It doesn't take much more effort than we already put in and then they do that and it's it is it is really frustrating to see that that happen to this game
1: yeah it really is but you know they're owned by a company they need to make money hasbro has only two profitable assets i guess at this point right like magic and monopoly The only things that actually make the money and like, magic's always going to fall back on that, right? Like, it's always going to fall back on the fact that they will always make some kind of money as long as they print a good game. And we can yeah. have all these complaints about, you know, brawl cards and Kenrith not being in the actual set, and Oko being a problem, and Field of Debris being a problem, and all this stuff. But, like, we're still buying the cards. We're still playing the game yeah. in some respect or not. And Arena has been a huge asset, so it'll keep paying money, ma- making money. It'll make a baseline amount of money for for Hasbro, right?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: And then they can just put this four hundred and fifty dollar, however many copies there were of it, product on the top as just gravy, and just make it like just farm money from it. Yeah. And it's not a thing. Magic players, no one's asking for a special version of a Garruk or a special binder that I wouldn't be surprised if Ultra Pro released at some point just on the shelves because the way that this product's going, that's going to happen soon. But like getting a yeah, a, like a special, but no one's asked for that. Because you can just get the Ultra Pro binders that features, I don't know, uh, that features the Raw Science on it, that I'm sure Ultra Pro have made for this season, because I haven't looked at them yet, and like a playmat. Yeah. It's not specially exclusive, it's just like, okay, well this is a thing that represents this set, so like, it's not like a crazy product, it's just like, well people will buy this because it's there. Because even if they haven't asked for it, we've given it the air of exclusivity and importance and value, even if it's not worth that much money, therefore it's marketable, which is very sad. It is, it is. But that's how magic works, right? Like, that's how yeah. magic products work. Especially when they've got, now they've gotten away with um they've done away with the uh, MSRP, right? Yeah. And this is this is part of the problem as well, like with the Brawl Decks, is that some places are the selling them for £40, some places are selling them for £20, and you can't really find out how much they're worth, and this is affecting the prices and all that stuff. But it was a lot of that air of exclusivity, because I get, like, I just was like, oh, I can't get one anymore. I have to buy one as soon as I can right now. And then I've got it, and I'm like, oh, well, this wasn't really worth it, was it? And yeah. they're they're preying on that.
0: And yeah, agreed.
1: It's horrible, but it's also how yeah. literally every sales company in the world works.
0: It is. So, it. it sucks. It really does. Yeah, I did. I did manage to. I did. As a side note, I did manage to talk somebody on Reddit out of uh, out of buying one. Was, really? Uh, so that was a conversation. Yeah. So somebody somebody posted on Reddit like that they uh, were just looking at. Getting into magic, getting into the collecting magic. There were big collectors of it, it was sports cards. So they, they drop a lot of money on sports cards. So wanted to, to know how they could buy like the the luxe edition of, of um of, of Eldraine. And then there was a bit of back and forth between a couple of us in the comments and the the OP. And then, eventually, I just kind of said like like look like if you're determined to spend four hundred and fifty dollars on sealed magic products like, here's Modern Horizons, go get two boxes of this instead. And they went, oh, okay, looking at Modern Horizons now. So they apparently they went out and bought two boxes of Modern Horizons instead of spending their money on 12 packs of Eldrain or whatever it is you get for your $450. Is
1: this person Martin Shkreli? Uh,
0: I would assume not, because I would <laughs> assume his, his access to Reddit is probably limited in prison.
1: <laughs> you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd hope but so. But then again, then again.
0: But I guess, you know, these... these these people exist, these people that have the money and are determined, like they are determined, it's like something in them is telling them, yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend this much money on a booster box of magic. Like you can't change my mind, I'm gonna spend this amount of money. So at least I managed to hopefully help somebody make a better choice with that money that they were going to spend, regardless.
1: Yeah, that's very good of you. It's, it's very depressing yeah. that that's a good deed that you helped someone. Yeah, spend it is. dollars yeah, effectively, yeah.
0: that's what the you know it was, it was a good back and forth in a few comments about like why they shouldn't be spending so much money on it. And eventually, it just kind of turned into well, like look, you you're determined to buy it to spend this much money, so then you're not interested in buying single cards. You want open booster packs, so here you go, put your money in something that's actually worth it, and you'll make some money back.
1: Yeah. I mean, sure. They, that's the kind of thing that I find it weird when people just want to—they are into collecting, so they collect magic cards. Yeah, that seems strange. I don't know, but then I don't understand it because that's not. I mean, I don't know. Much. Like, I,
0: I get the, I get the collector thing. I do understand the collector thing, but not from a perspective of, I'm going to buy a box of boosters and open the boosters. I get it from more like, oh, I'm going to buy individual cards and complete a full set. Like, I like am very, very slowly but surely attempting to collect an arabian night set maybe it would be different if i could afford <laughs> arabian Nights boosters
1: yeah i'm gonna say you're not just buying boxes of arabian Nights and opening them
0: no i wish i could
1: <laughs> yeah but it's a, it's a similar thing right it's the way that it's the way that magic is being marketed currently yeah and a similar thing with arena where you're just like i'll oh, buy this thing why because it's exclusive okay all right, all right, that's what that's what their their business was, and then people buy it. And I I, I fall into some of the traps. Like I still buy stuff because it's exclusive, even though I don't need it or want it, or I've never asked for it.
0: Yeah,
1: it's just it's just the way the game works. It's uh, it's unfortunate, but this is the world, the world that we live in, at least for now, until the yeah. revolution comes.
0: Oh, and it's going to come. <laughs> is
1: it is, <laughs> it? is it? Is that your hard take? I, so. I hope so.
0: I hope so. Hope it comes soon.
1: What are you going to do? It?
0: Maybe not. I, I mean, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep buying Magic the Gathering cards and playing this game because we, we can't help it.
1: And stimulating the economy.
0: Yeah,
1: that's the dream, right?
0: Gotta yeah, Got to make it all sure. work.
1: Got to pay, pay your taxes. Got to pay your VAT. Yeah. That's how to make the world a better place. Keep making billionaires more money.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> on that note, was was there anything else you wanted to touch on this week?
1: <laughs> no, I think that's about it, but it's Sorry to at the last second. I mean, this is why I play magic to get away from that stuff, so when we combine the two, it kind of makes for a depressing conversation, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, at times it can do, definitely. I feel like a, like a lot of the content that we're making at the moment is just kind of like complaining about things, but I I, I know we do it, we tend to do it quite a lot, but I, 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 do, I do firmly believe that it comes from a good place. I, it, I, I do very much still love this game and, and want this game to be just to be like completely a force of good, and I feel like there are a lot of bad things wrong, and I, I think it's fair to criticize it when it's bad.
1: Absolutely, because I mean, for, yeah, from in terms of a community aspect, it's still going. You know, obviously, there's pockets of of negativity everywhere, but that you know, it's it's doing very well, and I think the Magic community is. mainly the only reason I still play Magic is because of the community. Because there's other games I've played where the community has just been a cesspit. And I just haven't bothered yeah. playing the game because there was nothing else to latch onto. Like, oh, this game's good, but I have no other part of it to to sort of interact with or, or be excited by. Whereas yeah. Magic is just like every facet of Magic is is interesting and engaging and accepting and welcoming and at least if you you know avoid the wrong places. <laughs> I guess there are some places you don't want to go because bastards still live there.
0: That is true. That is yeah. true.
1: But yeah, I mean that's, that's like it's 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 kind of sad when. I'm trying to play Magic to get away from how depressing the world is, and then Magic becomes a little microcosm of the horrible things that are happening in the world. So it's a little bit sad. But like you said, you know, it's like I want this game to do well, I want this game to continue, and I want more people to experience it, so that's why I think criticism is fair. Especially when it's just about, like, it's it's not particularly about the game itself, it's just about like, the booster products and stuff like that, like, just uh, try a little bit better, I guess.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. I don't know, maybe they're, they're, I mean, there are, I mean, there are certainly other things we could complain about. Like, definitely, like, you know, it's at least a week in October currently, and we still don't know what the Magic Fest schedule is for next year.
1: Oh my god.
0: Maybe maybe give us that. That would be nice.
1: I mean, I could just go on an hour-long rant about UK magic if you want.
0: Sure. Do you
1: want that? Do you want that to happen? <laughs> is that what you want to be? That have includes we, got, have G- we got
0: time for that?
1: Absolutely not. But <laughs> not, not within, the, within the depth that I want to go into it sure but yeah we don't we have any gps planned for next year i don't know i had to book my time off for march next year like a month ago yeah so if there's a gp in march i'm not going
0: yeah I, i would love to know i feel like at this time last year we at least knew what quarter one was going to look like
1: uh yeah probably yeah we we knew like fairly far ahead of time what stuff was looking like um and now we don't and it's annoying
0: yeah, it's just, it's getting very late in the year and I need to start booking things. So it would just be nice to know.
1: I need to start planning stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just frustrating. And like, I, yeah, I need to book Tom off work very far in advance.
0: Yeah, I need to plan my travel because nothing ever happens in the northeast as far as competitive magic goes.
1: Yeah, this is when they announce GP Newcastle, right? Oh,
0: no. No, there is no suitable location in Newcastle for a Grand Prix.
1: I mean, there's no suitable location in Birmingham for a Grand Prix, but it still happens there
0: every year. <laughs> sure, sure.
1: I mean, it's a big room you can put tables and nerds in, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> suitable is not a word I would use to describe it.
0: Cool. So on that note, I guess that is pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, if you enjoyed anything you've heard today, I uh, want to give us your opinions on Standard. What do you think of Field of the Dead? Uh, what do you think of of premium products or putting cards not in standard but in standard but not in standard boosters that was that was very eloquently put i feel you said the
1: word standard a
0: lot i did yeah (laughs) how do you feel about standard cards that aren't in boosters but are in the format come hit us up on twitter on at hfdcast or facebook.com slash hfdcast or if you've really enjoyed the episode and you want to give back in any way, you can come check us out on Patreon. We have patreon.com slash Arrow Devastation. We have a few different tiers on there. Start from as little as $1 per month. That's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. Anything that we do get, we must appreciate. It goes straight back into the running of this podcast. If you want to get me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I'm at Peach Garden Oaf. That's O for an have On Facebook, I am Joe Loudon. You'll find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. And I'm also streaming on Twitch. I'm streaming quite regularly now, uh, every Tuesday night from 8pm, uh, and most Saturdays as well, it seems, as well now. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv peachgardenoaf. Again, that's over with an F. I would massively appreciate a follow on there, because that's all I need to get to Twitch affiliate now. Just up those followers. And it's been fun. I'm enjoying streaming quite a lot.
1: Mm, I mean, sometime later this evening, you're going to get a notification that tells you someone's followed you on Twitch. Uh, on Twitch.
0: And it's,
1: so. it's just gonna be me having unfollowed you and followed you again. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> just to upset you. Just
0: to get my hopes up and then crush them. <laughs> sure,
1: that's, that's what I live for. That's what I live sure. for. I feel like I come across very mean on this podcast to you, <laughs> but I, I I do it I do it out of love, not out of being an asshole.
0: I swear. I understand. I would do it too.
1: Excellent. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at snail69. Nice. Thank you. And that's why it's honestly it isn't it.
0: That is all we have time for this week. Uh, Once again, we are approaching the second hour. The God has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation.